Design is sponsored by KM Johnson International at kmjohnsonspeaks.com on the Word 100.7 FM. Welcome to Faith by Design with KM Johnson Davis, minister, speaker, teacher, author, and life coach. Each week, KM brings tips, biblical wisdom, and practical information gathered from preachers, teachers, authors, and speakers from around the world. Tune in each week to discover motivational nuggets on how to live as a Christian in this not so Christian world. Listen and have your faith increased. Now, here's your host, KM Johnson Davis. Good afternoon, and welcome to Faith by Design, where we build on the God-given faith that he designed with you in mind. I'm your host, K.M. Johnson Davis, and I hope you are having a very blessed day. Before we begin, I'd just like to let you know that if you'd like to join in and add to the conversation at any time, please feel free to call 800-949-5973. Again, that's 800 800- Nine four nine five nine seven three. I'll also be active on Facebook so you can post any questions that you might have and I'll try to answer them during the show. If we don't get an opportunity to get to it, then I will definitely try to get to it later or respond to you online, whichever you feel is best. But again, if you want to join the conversation, you can always call in at 800-949-5973. Today we're going to talk about a few different conver- uh, a few different subjects. Um, But before we go into that, I want to take a moment and just thank our servicemen and women and their families on this day, and both past and the present. And I want to thank them for the sacrifices that have been made on behalf of our country. I want to let them know that they're appreciated. And having served myself for 17 years in the United States military, I understand what it means, you know, to serve. And I just want to say thank you for your service. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be discussing obviously, faith, <laughs> hence the, the title of the show, Faith by Design. But if you notice, when I first came on, I, I said to you that we are here to build on the God-given faith that he designed with you in mind. And you probably are wondering, what exactly do I mean by that? And if you would turn in your Bible, if you have it available, if not, you can just listen to me. Um, Romans 12 and uh, verse 3 You know, it says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that's what we're going to build on for the next couple of weeks, because every man has been given a measure of faith. And we're not going to talk about that right off, but I want you to just kind of put that in the back of your mind and, and kind of ask yourself, what is this measure? What is this amount of faith that has been given to me? I'd also like to go into a subject about what it means to be a Christian and what applied Christianity actually is. I've noticed that in my life and time since I've been around, which is not as long as some of you who may be listening, but it's pretty long. Um, I haven't really had the opportunity to come across someone who really understood what Christianity was. You know, they they would go and tell people that they're a Christian. They would um, say that, you know, my faith is Christian, um, that I'm a Christian person or whatever way that they wanted to phrase it. When people said, what do you believe? What kind of church do you go to? You know, what do you practice? What do you study? Say, oh, I'm a Christian. 
but do you really understand what that means? Well, some people would say yes. You know, that means that I'm Christ-like because that's the root word, you know, the root of the word Christian. So they, they understand that, that it means to be Christ-like. But then when you look over your life, are you really showing that? You know, are you really objectifying that word? Are you saying, I'm a Christian, which means Christ-like, and I'm actually living my life like Christ would have lived his? So what does it mean to be a Christian? Does it just mean to go around and say that that's what you are, that's your faith? Does it just mean to go to church every Sunday, which I'm sure many of us did today, hopefully? Or does it mean, you know, what what does it mean? That's that's my question to you. So if you have an opportunity to call in, the number is 800-949-5973, because I'd like to hear what you believe that it means to be a Christian. We also have a few um we have some examples that are in the media today that will tell you that they're Christian as well. And, I, and I'm just really curious, you know, on how people take that in. Over the past couple of weeks, I've had the great opportunity to come across some wonderful people. And as I'm talking to them, I'll ask them different questions like, where do you go to church? Um, what is your religion? And one person said, well, I'm Christian. I said, oh, okay. And then uh, she said... Well, I said, well, where do you go to church? She said, I don't. And I said, okay, well, tell me what you believe, because that's been my next question now. Instead of just saying what your religion is, I, I'm going to ask you what you believe, because we could say we're all Christian, but there's so many forms of religions in the Christian sector that you can think that a person believes the exact same way that you do and then find out later that they really don't. And so I say, what do you believe? And her response to me was, I don't know. Well, that kind of bothered me a little bit because of the fact that the young lady that I was speaking to was under the age of 20. And so many of our youth will have that same response. Or they may say they don't believe. Or they may say that, yeah, I've seen the Bible, I've read the Bible, I've heard about it, and I've heard it preached on Sunday, but I don't really believe everything that's in there. You know, but I do believe in God and I do believe in Jesus, but. I'm not exactly sure what else beyond that. And we're not doing a great job, I don't believe, of letting them know what else is beyond that. And so that's why I come back to you and say, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? What is a Christian? Are you teaching your children this, your grandchildren this, you know, nieces, nephews? People don't really understand what it really truly means. And it's up to you as a Christian, as a believer, to continue to spread your faith, you know, and if you don't understand something, then to read the word and to dwell in as deep as you can and, and get that knowledge underneath your belt. It doesn't mean, you know, the Bible tells us to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel. And so every one of us has that, that responsibility to go out. And what, what does that involve? That involves learning, reading your Bible, studying the word, understanding it, getting your revelation knowledge, and then sharing it. That's the big thing, sharing it. You have to be able to share it with someone. And it doesn't mean that you have to pack up your briefcase with the Bible in it and go stand behind every pulpit in the world, you know, and, and preach, you know, hit the Bible at people's heads. It doesn't mean that, but it means that whenever you're in a conversation with someone, share your faith, talk to them, have a casual conversation. Don't have to push them into salvation or faith or or Christianity, but just let them know how 
you feel, what you think, and give them some insight. Every seed, every seed that you can plant will eventually grow into a beautiful tree. And my, what I mean by that is even though you plant a seed and you don't see it transpire in that person's life or you don't see that person actually living the life that you think that they should, I guarantee you that that seed that was planted is being fertilized. It is beginning to grow. It is moving in them because there's something that would be changing on the inside. I speak from experience. I grew up in the church. You know, as a young child, I, I my earliest memory would be a picture that I've seen. I can't really say that was a memory. It didn't become a memory until I saw the picture. <laughs> but there was a picture that I saw, and I think I was probably about 18 months old, and my mother's good friend was holding me. It was a black and white picture, and we were outside of the church. So apparently I was going to church at 18 months. I do remember as I got older, I remember um, maybe being around four or five years old, and we had these different parties, like for the kids. I remember we had this party, and I always talk about this, and you know, some people might get tired of hearing about it, but we had this party at Halloween time, and it was called a Heaven or Hell dinner. And, you know, because we couldn't go trick-or-treating, we didn't believe in that. So it, they wanted the kids not to feel left out. And I remember that. I remember going here with, I think I might have had a bucket or a bag, probably was a paper bag or something. But I remember going and you had to answer questions about the Bible. And they were basic questions, you know, things that you should have learned in Sunday school. And then, you know, you might have to recite all the scriptures of the Old Testament or give all the scriptures of the New Testament, you know, different things like that. And if you or recite John 316 and if you didn't get it right, you went to hell. And if you got it, if you, you know, so if you got it wrong, you went to hell. If you got it right, you went to heaven. I know that, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. But we did understand because I still understood, you know, I still understand now. I don't think it ever affected me in an adverse way, but I think we understood that the premise was to, you know, to try to do right. And so answering the questions was like your way of doing right. And then, you know, answering them incorrectly was like your way of doing wrong, so to speak. But the good thing was that in the hell side, you just had spicy food. And on the heaven side, everything was good, like angel food cake and no spices or anything like that. So it was pretty, you know, decent. You got to eat. And then you had a way to get over from one side to the other. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> But I, I bring that up to, you know, just to reiterate the fact that I, I've been in church for a long time. And it wasn't until I was older that I started to try to foster my relationship with God, my personal relationship. Before that, there were just seeds being planted. You know, the seeds started in Sunday school. The seeds started with the tale of Jonah and the well. You know, the seeds started with all of the things that the preachers and the people around me began to instill in me as a young child. Although I didn't know there was a seed being planted, God knew. So just because that, com that, just because that conversation was had with me or those things were talked about to me, it allowed that seed to be planted and then fertilized and then watered and, and then grow. And to the point where I was able to foster a relationship, a personal relationship with God on my own without everyone else. And I knew him for myself. And so as a Christian, 
we, those are the things that we should be doing. We should be planting seeds. We should be sharing our knowledge of who God is, and we should be allowing them to be fertilized and watered, those seeds, so that it can grow in that individual, not condemning them, not, you know, talking down to them about the things that they're doing wrong and telling them everything that they need to do right. You know, no, we should be showing love. You know, we should be treating them just as Jesus treated the church. You know, that that's what he tells us. He came here to give us an example of what it is like to live a righteous, a holy, a Christian life. And so that's our example. And he went around and he spoke to people out of love. And yes, he might have, you know, we bring the different, um, the different scriptures up where, you know, he got angry in the church, but what were they doing and how did he show his anger and what did he do? You know, we leave those parts out because we want to say, well, he got mad, but you have to really look at, you know, the whole situation in context. Jesus did everything in love. You know, it goes back to love. You know, we say God is love. And for us, in order to really, truly live our lives as a Christian, we should be showing that love to our brothers and our sisters and helping them to understand what true Christianity is, who God is, and how God is, you know, in our lives and how he is to us. So if you want to join the conversation again, and if you want to tell me how you feel about what it means to be a Christian, you can definitely call in. The number is 800-949-5973. Again, that's 800-949-5973. Now, you might ask, you know, at the beginning, I said something about applied Christianity, and you might wonder what that means. Well, if you listen to the intro, he said something about um, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, I, I've said before in the past that you have to know how to use the Bible. You have to know how to use your faith. And, you know, that question comes up, what do you mean use? Well, our faith is given to us. You know, everyone was dealt a measure of faith. We already covered that. But we have this measure of faith that was already instilled in us from the very beginning. And we have this Bible that some people call a handbook, a rule book, a tool book that is placed there with scripture upon scripture, chapter upon chapter, word upon word, precept upon precept to tell us how to live our life and how to, you know, get through our life on day to day. But we pick and choose which scriptures we want to use at the time that we think that it's convenient sometimes. You know, if you do, it's okay because we do do that. Um, but we don't always know how to really apply that scripture correctly. Partially it's because we're reading the scripture and not reading it in context. We don't know what happened before. We don't know what happened after. We don't know what was happening during that time. So we're just taking that scripture and using it for our good. But how do you really apply it? What, how do you apply each of these scriptures that you're reading? How do you apply the word of God to your life? There's a scripture that says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. How do you know? How do you, how do you do that? How do you wait? How do you be of good courage? What does that mean? 
you know, so applied Christianity is just that. It's being able to apply the Christian tools, the, the Christianity that you're being taught as you read the word, as you go to church each week, you know, as you're listening to your preacher, you know, it's how, how do you apply your Christianity? I'm going to go ahead and go back to the original question that we had about what it means to be a Christian. I've got Chuck on the line. And then Chuck, if you want to go ahead and talk, what's your question? Hello. Go ahead. Chuck, are I'm you there? here? Hi. How yeah. are you? I'm trying to get both sides of the conversation. Go ahead. All right, Chuck. You said, um, well, I was asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And so I wanted to hear what your response was. Being a Christian is not just a religion. It's not something that I do on Sunday. Being a Christian is a way of life. Yes. And what it comes down to is the Bible is the basis for everything. It's my instruction manual. It's my resource guide for problems. It's it it's the well, it's the basis for everything that I do and everything I think. Yeah. So the Bible is your roadmap. Yes, it is. Exactly. And and that's what it's supposed to be. And that's how it's supposed to be. You you utilize those tools and those foundations that you learn from the Bible in order to live a good Christian life. Thank you, Chuck. You have a blessed day. So there you have it, guys. I mean, that's what it is. The, the Bible is supposed to be your roadmap. Being a Christian is, is a lifestyle. You know, we, we talk about um, changing the way we eat. You know, and some people say you're going to go on a diet or whatever. And then some people say, no, I'm having a lifestyle change. Well, <laughs> that's the same thing with Christianity. When you accept God into your heart, you accept that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That's it right there. Your life is supposed to begin to change then. And then you use the Bible. This is where and he kind of touched into the applied Christianity because that's where that comes in, because you utilize the Bible in order to know how to live, you know, that's how you apply your Christianity. If anyone else wants to call in, your number the number is 800-949-5973. Again, that's 800-949-5973. But yes, Chuck had it. It is the roadmap to life. Now, when you're applying that Christianity, it it goes a little bit deeper. And, and as we go on and we talk about faith each week, I, I'm going to take you deeper and deeper so we can really tear this apart and understand. But I, I want you to know that using the Bible for your life, there's an answer for everything. There is an answer for everything. Some people think, oh, well, this happened to me, but I didn't see it anywhere in the Bible. You know, I'll, I'll give you, um, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who've been in situations where they've uh, been a product of divorce or they've been divorced themselves. And um, there's another person in the picture um, let's say it's a woman who's just remarried and her husband, her new husband has a previous wife and they've got children in that previous marriage and she doesn't yet have any children with this new husband. And so then you're saying, well, there's nothing like that in the Bible, but yes, there is, you know, there, there's a story of a woman named Hannah. And I really love that story. That's like my, one of my favorite stories. And, you know, she couldn't have a child. Now, of course, it wasn't like a divorce situation going on there, but we can pretend that that's what it's, you know, how we relate it to our nowadays life because he had another wife that was before her. And that wife had children and Hannah had not yet born him any children. So there you go. 
you have a situation that may be quite similar. And in that story, Hannah went and she cried at the altar and she cried, you know, till God gave her the child that she was hoping for. And she was able to give her husband that son that he wanted. So there, there are stories you have to just read. You have to read. And it's not just a story. Let me rephrase that. But there are situations that chronicle things that are similar to what we go through in our day-to-day life. So don't ever think that you can't apply the things that you read in the Bible, that you can't apply the situations that you come across when you're reading the Bible, because they are everything that's there applies to your life, and it can and will. Now, the next thing I had wanted to talk about before we go is faith by design. What is that? And we started off talking about Romans 12 and 3, and I was telling you how every man hath been, you know, that he had dealt every man a measure of faith. And when I was reading that scripture um, a few weeks back, it I got stuck, of course, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. I, I You know, I just hung on that part of the scripture. But what really got me was the measure of faith, the measure of faith. And I, I had to stop, you know, I'm like, okay, God, you said that you have dealt to every man. Okay. Every man, that's everybody, every man, the measure, not a measure. Because in the past, I don't know, I, I read it with my eyes. It said the measure, but in my head, I said a measure. And so when I would study it, I would be like, well, did he give me an inch? Did he give me an ounce? You know, I know we go to the scripture about the mustard seed of faith. Is that the measure? Is that how we measure our faith? You know, so that's where I got stuck and I got all caught up on that. And then I went back and I read the scripture again and I said, wait a minute, it says the, it doesn't say a, it doesn't say a measure. It says the measure. He gave the measure. So then I, then I looked at that and I said, well, the measure, the means, you know, that it wasn't a certain amount, a certain unit. There is an actual, this is it. This is the amount. It's the measure. And, you know, so then I, I broke down measure and I was, you know, beginning to understand that, you know, measure means that it's, it's, there, there is no def, there's no definition. I, I, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, and I, and I would challenge you to go and read this scripture because if you begin to find the things that I was able to find, I'm sure it will enlighten your life because it, 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 it blew me off water because I began to take measure and and look at it in the Greek text and the Hebrew text, and I was able to understand that, you know, wait a minute, this faith that God has given me, it's. It has infinite possibilities. It's not just one solid amount. It's endless. And my faith is there. It, I mean, my faith is there. It, it was just, it was given to me. I was built with it. You know, it's not like it's something I had to pray and ask God for. And and those who may know me personally would, would, you know, this part might resonate with you really well. It's not something that I had to go sprawl out on the floor crying, you know, and pounding at the floor to get an answer about. No, faith was inherently given to me when I was put on this earth. When God thought about me, he thought about me with, and he said, you know what? When I create KM, she's going to come with faith. And guess what? That same faith that he gave me, go over to Hebrews 11. If you look in Hebrews 11, we call that what? We call that the 
you know, the um, the heroes, heroes of faith or what, how we all have all kinds of different ways that we talk about it. But if you look at what Abraham did and how we talk about Abel and how he talks about, you know, all the different people who exhorted or showed, you know, extreme faith and that he rewarded them for it. Guess what? We were given that same measure of faith, the same faith that Abraham had to believe that he was going to be able to bear a child in his old age or his wife would, that he would have the seed in order to do so, is the same faith that God already gave us. Do you utilize that faith? What do you do with that faith? How strong is your faith? You have that same faith that Abraham had. When you have the same faith to be able to, you know, be like Noah and go build that ark when people are laughing at you. You have the same faith to go take your only son and put him on a stone as a sacrifice, right? You have that exact same faith. But how are you using it? Are you using it? Do you realize that? I'm going to invite you, you know, if you haven't already, and you know, given your life to God and accepted Christ into your heart, you know, I, I want you to know that that is, you know, the utmost. And every man is given the measure of faith. And so you already have that. And so you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to be able to show your faith or live a Christian life or, or be any of the things that we've talked about today in this show. But you'll you'll be able to, you know, begin that relationship with God and, and start to know him. And he'll be able to show you how to grow that faith that he's already placed inside of you. So I just want you to give that opportunity, you know, I'm giving you that opportunity. And if you need any prayer or if you have any questions or you want to accept God into your life, you can always contact me on the website or send an email. I really enjoyed talking to you today, and I hope you have a very blessed week. Faith by Design with K.M. Johnson Davis. If you enjoyed the show and would like to learn how you can receive one-on-one life coaching with K.M., please visit us at kmjohnsonspeaks.com or you can call 800-428-3183 to schedule a free consultation. Mention or use the discount code, the word, online and you can save 20% off products in the KMJI store, including life coaching packages. Make sure to join us next week for another edition of Faith by Design and stay blessed. KWRD. FM. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-581-7226. 1-800-581-7226. That's 1-800-581-7226. 1-800-581-7226. Every month, Heather Cook helps dozens of people file claims for life insurance bought through SelectQuote. The stories she tells are inspiring. Like this one about Joe, a 39-year-old research analyst 
Joe was healthy, but with a wife and two sons, he realized he needed life insurance just in case. Joe called Select Quote. His agent, Scott, shopped a number of highly rated term life companies, and though Joe's budget was tight, got him a $1 million policy he could afford. Last April, Joe died from heart failure. But thanks to his life insurance through Select Quote, his family can keep the house and the boys can go to college. See how affordable Select Quote can make just in case for you. For a free quote, call 1 800 500 2218. 1 800 500 2218. 1 800 500 2218. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Do you want to save lives? So do I. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Poyman, Executive Director of Texas Alliance for Life, and I want you to clearly understand Texas State Senator Bob Duell's devotion to saving lives. Senator Duell authored the most courageous pro-life bill in decades. The Texas Baptist Christian Life Commission, the Texas Catholic Conference of Bishops, and Texas Alliance for Life all endorsed it. Unfortunately, a Houston-based political action 